Oh, what a long, strange trip it has been. NFL Week 18. This is the NFL show powered by BetUS. I am your host, Jared Smith. We have made it to the end of the rainbow, guys. Uh, it is the final week of the regular season. I'm joined, as always, um, by my two trusted co-hosts, Las Vegas Chris. Hello, sir. And hey. Steve Fezzik, only available at pregame.com. Hey, Chris. Happy New Year, pal. How you doing? Happy New Year. <laughs> feeling sprightly here on this Wednesday. Fez, how are we feeling this week, pal? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, it's a new year, new opportunities. Uh, I'd say we can win all our bets, but I lost Iowa already, so I can oh, still okay. go 201, though. Yeah, I, I didn't fare too well um, with that Iowa game. I thought Iowa would be a decent side, but I did tweet out before the college football playoff, Michigan and Washington, um, so I'm feeling good about that um, prediction. And of course, speaking of college football, lots to get to on this NFL card, but before we get any of the nonsense uh, out of the way. Let's do the housekeeping, of course, college football, uh, college basketball, NBA shows, all available for you on the BetUS uh, platform of content. Of course, smash our like and subscribe YouTube button to get all of the NFL stuff. But there's a lot of great content for you across the board in BetUS, and we hope you support us here in 2024. Also, we're doing our Tough Truck giveaway. Um, we're getting close, guys. Um, we've only got a few weeks left before we give this sucker away. Of course, I'm seeing, starting to see some people in the chat already comment. Um, who has the golden ticket? One of us will um, have that ticket at the end of the show. If you guess correctly, you'll get an entry into that tough truck um, giveaway, which we will be uh, giving away for free uh, right before the um, Super Bowl. So you still have a little bit of time. And of course, BetUS Superfan uh, Challenge, 99 cents a month. Not bad. You get some priority uh, chat access. I'm already seeing uh, Tyrone um, asking us questions in the chat. And and those uh, questions are highlighted if you are a super fan. We're not trying to break the bank here, guys. Buck a month helps you support the content as we move forward here in 2024. All right, let's start the show, gents, because we got a lot to get to. Um, first, we start out by showing you our records. And I'm not going to lie, guys, I, in my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd be sitting in the uh, catbird seat here in week 18. Um, I've had five straight winning weeks on this show. I'm about 57.5% on the year. Um, Chris and Steve, you guys still have some work to do to get back to the 500 mark. But can I get some flowers for a minute here on, on the season that I've had as we get ready to wrap up the regular season campaign? So, Jared, I want to emphasize this is a team concept. So <laughs> there is no I in team. And so as Fair. an aggregate, I'm happy that we're above 500. But in all seriousness, um, just a tremendous job. And so accolades to Jared, who has not only uh, steered the ship, but pretty much uh, done all the heavy lifting as well. Chris, I'm waiting for my compliment. I want my gold star. Here's your pat on the back here. Yes. Very, very, it's, very it's hard. Well. I'm, very I'm well like a child that's begging his parents for that. For that I affection. just want the pain to end. It's been it's a the Barry, it, it, Jared's like the Barry Horowitz wrestler <laughs> that used to like like want keeps patting himself on the back after every good move. Yes. All right, we're done with that because there's bets and there's picks to get to here in week 18, and uh, you're only as good as last week's record. So um, none of it really matters, or I guess really in in our state of work, it's this week's record. Um, so let's get into it, guys. Right? Because week 18 is weird, and I'll start with just kind of. Um, going around the room here and, and, and giving some broad brush advice, you know, painting with a broad brush here. It, line movements, roster movements, contract incentives, Chris, like it, it all just kind of swirls around in week 18. How do we navigate this? Uh, very carefully. It was, uh, you know, the crew was yelling at me to uh, finish putting <laughs> my picks in for today. And it's like, 
and I know that they have no comprehension of what's going on, but it, the, the whole board looked uh, like a Christmas tree yeah. of fireworks with everything being all announced all at once. And uh, it's very difficult to keep up on all this stuff. But this is like, I think Steve wants to talk about this, but this is uh, like uh, week one or preseason or week two where information is very important and you bet uh, this week differently than you bet the other weeks of the season. Yeah, so let me emphasize, so week 18, and I tweeted about this, and I feel very strongly about this. It's like you can, you know, you, you you follow people and you can just tell who knows what they're doing and who's just as, frankly, I would never throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> just kidding. I throw people under, the, I'll throw people <laughs> under our tough truck contest. Absolutely. By the way, whoever wins that tough truck, let me know. I would like nothing better than to ride in that oh, truck yeah. with you. As long as it's close, you know, on the West Coast someplace. Bottom line, Week 18 is a great betting opportunity, similar to preseason, because in the financial markets, volatility is your friend. Changing of information is your friend. Boom, look like look at the Rams 49ers. We'll talk about that game and the vol. And, and just all these lines and how they're fluctuating. When lines are moving and ping-ponging and the bookies have lower limits than they normally have, they're telling you they have no confidence in the numbers they're putting out. And also first quarters, first halves, so yeah. many different moving pieces you can take advantage of. Right, guys, the prop market moves slower, even though it's not out yet. Once it does go out, if we get more moves this weekend, that's a way to take advantage. And here's the, the follow-up that I have. We will hear a lot this week from people on our side of the counter and people on the, you know, the actual national media side um, talking about must-win. Fez, how much is that must-win already baked into the line, where it's not something you should really be handicapping when you're analyzing a number? You know, I actually disagree with almost every expert on this because they all get it wrong. They all do this like global statement. Oh, teams in a must win do worse than when they're not in a must win. Bullshit. They do better. Teams in must win situations do better, but they don't do a lot better. They do a little bit better. Chris is frowning. Listen, Chris, you'll, you'll agree. You'll agree. Okay. No, I'm results, maybe. The, the, the bottom line is that what happens is that it's fine to bet teams that are in must win situations. You just need to bet them early in the betting cycle when the power rating um, odds makers are a little bit asleep at the wheel and they're not pricing in that must win. So you bet on that team very early and maybe you recognize the odds maker did indeed price it in like they did with the Packers and they went ahead and opened that four. Um, but if they don't price it in, you bet it right away and then you let it get steamaramed up all week long and then write a post then, then that team is overpriced and you can fade them and uh, go back the other way. Yeah, Chris, go ahead and. and uh, oh no, and I agree 100. percent uh, You might get a, the the closing line. You're going to get a lot of uh, value right before the close, uh, before the game start. You just wait for people to bet that must win, which I call must win, must lose theory. And yeah, you know those those types of games on closing line are uh, south of 42 percent over several hundred uh, entries. So. Uh, you don't want to be betting those must-win, must-lose games. Yeah, Unless you want to bet them, you bet them early, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to bet them, you bet them early, and then you wait. If you want to fade them, you wait until the number gets bet all the way out. And then, you know, say the Packers, for instance, this week, if that line continues to move out, um, you come back on the other side, and that's where these guys think the value is. Makes a ton of sense. The public um, loves to bet the must-wins. Oh, this team has to win. There's no way that they're going to lose, right? Um, that opens up just a ton of value on the other side. So let's let's get right into it because again, 16 games, 
this week, obviously no bye weeks. Two games Saturday, the rest of them all will be played on Sunday. We're going to be jumping around time slots a lot later in the show because these games are in rotation number order. And of course, the last week of the season, the traditional time slots get completely thrown out the window. So we're going to be going late window, early window, late window. So bear with us as we kind of navigate this is in rotation number order. Thankfully, the first two games are on Saturday, so we're, we're, we're good there. And let's start um, with the first game right out of the shoot. Steelers at Ravens Saturday afternoon. Look ahead here was Pittsburgh, uh, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We've seen that line steam out towards three-and-a-half now. Why? Well, Baltimore's probably going to be resting their entire roster. They clinched the number one seed uh, last week. Congrats to Lamar Jackson. He will be your MVP in the 2023 campaign. And the Steelers, we just talked about it. They are in one of those must-win scenarios. They need a win, and they need help after that big win over Seattle on uh, last Sunday. And we're all kind of playing this game right out of the shoot. Um, Chris, you have the most plays for this game, so I'll give you first crack. Um, it seems like the Ravens are kind of in line with that uh, undervalued dog scenario against the must-win trend. Well, Baltimore made a mistake a few years ago when they were in this exact same position. They sat all their players, and uh, they basically didn't play for two full weeks. And when they come back the third week, they fell flat on their face. So I think that they want to have some sort of a compromise with that. Uh, they haven't officially announced who's going to play and who's not going to play. But regardless, this is a pretty deep team. So uh, if, I think if Baltimore really wanted to do the right thing, they would just purposely lose just to make things more difficult on Buffalo. Because if, if uh, Pittsburgh loses or wins, then Buffalo has to win. Uh, it puts them in a tough spot. So... Uh, I think that regardless, I think that they're going to show up early and often. So I like Baltimore in the first quarter. I like them in the first half. And I also like them for the game. I, I just don't think that they're going to let a team like Pittsburgh come into town and roll over them. So uh, that's the way I look at this game. I, I just think uh, it, it'll be a tighter, more contested game. I, uh, I did bet the under in this game. If a 37 pops up again, I recommend the under. There's going to be a little bit of weather there, too. Uh, but at 36 and a half or 36, I can't recommend it. Uh, that's how I see this game. Yeah, I think you're getting a mispricing on the first quarter. Um, I don't expect Baltimore to play their starters the entire game, certainly. But it would not surprise me for them to go a quarter, a half. Um, further, I think there's a dynamic here where Baltimore always defers when they win the coin toss. Maybe not this game, because this game is meaningless. And if you're just going to play your starters for a series or two, why wouldn't you take the ball if you win the coin toss and get get that little work out of the way? And that would benefit them as well, although with the low total, not as much as with the high total. Huntley's a very good backup quarterback, but you know what? Lamar Jackson's a very good starting quarterback. It's still a five-point reduction. However, uh, I would make Baltimore a 12-point favorite in this game. Maybe that's a slightly too high if both teams needed the game like blood. So, and now they're catching three and a half. That's a big difference. By the way, breaking news, uh, quarterback uh, Purdy is out for San Francisco. We'll talk about that game closely, but you might see that that plus five might come down based upon that breaking news. Um, on this game, I do think you want to, if you play Baltimore, you want to play them first quarter or first half. Now I put in Baltimore minus 115, pick them as my play. I know there's a plus a half lay a dollar sixty five out there available. That's actually better mathematically. I just don't want to put up a minus one sixty five play on or off a half. Believe it or not, it's worth like seventy cents. So that's the optimal bet to be made, in my opinion. 
Is that because the first quarter teams will just like if you're tied end of the first quarter, first and goal at the ten yard line, you're not going to hurry up to try to get second and goal, right? Is that why it's worth so much, Steve? Yeah, the, so the more scoring in the second quarter, obviously, than the first quarter, yeah. and so they pure goal teams tie all the time in first yeah. quarters. Yeah. Makes sense. Hey, Alex Christensen in the chat telling us that the Ravens beating the Steelers and knocking them out of the playoffs probably matters to them. I would agree 100%, Alex. I think uh, uh, that is the vibe for me in this game. And this is also weirdly the exact same spot from 2019. Ravens were the number one seed. They had clinched it already. That was the last time Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Um, they played the Steelers that week. It was RG3 against Duck Hodges. Um, and of course, Pittsburgh needed the game and Baltimore didn't. Yeah, guess what? Baltimore was a two point dog. They won by double digits. Uh, it just that's the same vibe I get here. I'm on the Ravens. We're all kind of in agreement. We're all playing the Ravens in different ways um, as we move forward. And also the rant, last random thought on this game. Brad Allen's the head referee, and we all know how much he loves the home teams based on what he did to the Cowboys in the Lions game um, on Saturday night. So we'll see if Brad Allen has an impact on this one. Steelers-Ravens as we kick things off Saturday. All right, let's go Texans-Colts. AFC South hanging in the balance here. Um, Col Colts coming off that impressive win over the Raiders. They didn't cover, barely gave up a touchdown on the final drive. Uh, we've seen this line kind of bounce around. One, minus one on both sides. Not a huge win probability shift on either side. Texans coming off that impressive win over the Titans. C.J. Stroud was healthy. He didn't have to do a whole lot. Both of these teams are in with a win. So, Fez, it looks like the teaser market is how you're playing this one. Yeah, I just changed my um, put up two live bets, and the reason being is that BetUS just went from one to one and a half on this game. Houston being favored. Well, what difference does minus one versus minus one and a half have? Not much of a difference when it comes to betting sides. Huge difference when it comes to betting teasers, because now I can go ahead and tease that one and a half up to seven and a half or up to plus eight. Now, in the past, I would just tease to seven and a half and use a six-point teaser. But I like playing some of my teasers up to plus eight because plus eight obviously has become a much more important number because team's down 14. The yep. memo has gone out, and unless you're Ron Rivera and you've been living under a rock for 20 <laughs> years— you're supposed to go for two when you're down 14. You score a touchdown late in the game. Um, and so because of that, ask the Tennessee Titans about that when they beat Miami doing that strategy. Um, so because of that, I'm going to add teasers, long teasers, teasing through the key numbers of three through seven. I'm going to couple them with the Jets, and I'm going to couple them with the Cincinnati Bengals, a line that's gone up each all week long. And you know what? I think it's just going to keep going higher. So normally I wouldn't tease a seven-point favorite, but I think since he's going to close a little bit higher. So two teasers for me on the Colts. Frankly, the odds makers decide this game for me. Houston was a dog earlier in the week, and in my own personal pocket, I teased some Houston uh, up to plus seven and a half as well. Like it. Yeah, I snagged some of that Houston plus seven and a half and eight and a half. I couldn't believe Indianapolis was favored at any point, uh, and it took uh, a day or two for Houston to move to the favorite role. But uh, Houston, uh, I have rated much higher than Indianapolis, and Houston has been getting healthier. They're getting players back. They're coached well. And uh, I just think this Stroud guy is somebody you can get behind. Uh he doesn't see. He seems to have ice in his veins. He's had some. He's been in some difficult situations and come out smelling like a rose. And uh, so, for that matter, I like Houston. Uh, Indianapolis is going to have to be throwing the ball more because they can't run the ball out in Houston. Houston has a pretty good run defense, so uh, they're going to be airing it out. So I like two things. I like Houston to win the game, and I also like the. 
Uh, did I, I took the first half over 23. Yeah. Uh, and I like that play also. Uh, I'm not so sure about the full game uh, yet. Uh, there's kind of uh, competing lines there. I'd like to, uh, before I played the full game, but I do lean toward the over in the full game also. Uh, but Houston, looks, Houston's very solid for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with your guys' takes. I think uh, I saw a lot of uh, Dalton Schultz and some other, I think it was Singletary, the two uh, players for the Texans that have contract incentives looming if they reach a certain plateau. Uh, I wouldn't factor that at all into this game because this is a must-win playoff game. I don't think the Texans care if, if Dalton Schultz gets his fifth reception for his, for his, you know, whatever number of money, amount of money he's going to win. Keep that in mind when you're betting these. And, of course, the sports books know about those contract incentives as well. It looks like Houston is the move here for Chris. Um, he's also on the first half over. Steve is going to tease up the Colts. And he also you also tease Houston on the other side. Fez, do we, do we flip back or is this Houston's going to be the favorite for the duration here? Uh, they'll be the favorite for the duration. Chris is spot on. Houston being not just the better team, but the much better team. How much better are they? Uh, three points better. So mm. give, give one and a half for home field, and I get right to that one and a half point number. But I do think this has the feel for a close game. By the way, um, a lump of coal early in January to um, some of the uh, Twitter personalities, including a fellow named Sal. Sal's not making any friends because he's putting oh out all these God. incentives. Talk about the cart before the horse. So think about this. Yeah. None of the none of the books have put up the over-under and all these players. So we can't wait. We do our homework. We know the players that have incentives, preferably in games that mean nothing. Not this game, yes, but games that mean nothing. Game. Why not? Why not get Schultz? You know, I know nothing. Yeah. You know, Schultz, we're going to get you the ball to get you extra money as long as the playoffs aren't on um, in the balance. And so we'll get those players and the bookie, the dastardly bookie will set their lines based upon year to date averages and we'll make a mint playing on all those players until Sal. Nope. Went and blew it. Had to go ahead and tell all the key incentives that each and every player has to get big bonuses such that it, it's almost like he's working for the sports books and not the players. And he wants to look like the smartest guy in the room. Guess what, Sal? You're the dumbest guy in the room. Thanks for wrecking the entire incentive. <laughs> profitable market on betting on teams. So uh, you can go make all your money from like all your content preparation and maybe the, the sports books are giving you kickbacks on the side. Nice job, Sal. Yeah, go work for the sports books. Pro tip if when you're if you're watching the Super Bowl rehearsals, you don't post don't the audio the of the yeah. national anthem rehearsal. Great great it is it is great advice to a lot of people. I know a lot of people that watch this show are very established professional gamblers. You're friends with Steve or Chris. You don't need to hear this information. There's also a slice of our audience that's new. Maybe they're followers of mine that are a little more younger, a little skewing more towards, hey, I'm just starting out doing this. This looks really cool, this contract incentives thing. It's not. The cat the Pandora's box has officially been opened. And to be fair to Sal, this information is widely available now widely available every reporter in the nfl is writing about this stuff at some point in the season sal just made it really easy for the sports books to kind of use a reference sheet but it he got it from somewhere else it's not like he's cooking it up you know in in his in his dorm room somewhere um this is a very you know hot button topic of course we don't have a whole lot of time to dive into it further but uh, great points across the board houston um for chris and uh, the first half over indy uh taking the points in a teaser here with Fez as we move forward into the uh, late window on Sunday. So we're going from Saturday to the late window on Sunday. We'll be all Ooh, over the, the March place. Now. Yeah, we appreciate the uh, 
the the Don Best uh, rotation numbers screwing up the time windows here, but we uh, we move forward. Uh, Cowboys Commanders NFC East not on the line in this game. Um, I guess technically it kind of is, but for the Commanders they're not playing for anything. Yeah, actually I take that back. The, the NFC East is technically on the line in this game for Dallas. Uh, coming off that win against the Lions, you want to say they should have won, maybe shouldn't have won, whatever happened, craziness at the end of the game, that's fair. We can get into all that nonsense. Commanders uh, did not cover against the Niners. Uh, they were a 14-point dog. They've now lost seven straight down the stretch. This is, of course, a rematch from Thanksgiving. Cowboys won big and covered as double-digit favorites. And, Fez, that's kind of where I'll start because we're not betting this game. But six weeks ago, um, the Cowboys were a 13-and-a-half-point home favorite. Now they're a 13-and-a-half-point um, road favorite. Does that change anything for you in, in, as we kind of grade these teams moving forward? And Jared's watching me make a, a bet on my app, and he's like, I hope Fez is ready for this. So uh, ready, I, 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 I laid some three and a half on Pittsburgh here at, at, at a book just because Lamar Jackson out, and it wasn't certain that he would be out. So I so I took a piece of, of Pittsburgh because I'm confident that line's going to at least initially pop up to four. We'll see where it goes from there. Probably isn't even a good bet, but I, I couldn't help myself. Um on the Dallas bet, and shout out, um, if you didn't check the MLB baseball show, Bet US, I love Kyle and that entire team, the base winner, and pretty much everyone involved with the show. Um, but Kyle, one of his favorite bets is the double result that a baseball oh, yeah. team will win the first five in the game. And I'm going to the double result. I just bet this personally. Uh, Dallas double result to win the first half and to win the game. Minus 225. I'm not going to put that up as an official play because I don't want to put a minus 225 as an official play, but I think that's an outstanding wager that you can make right here at BetUS. Write that one down. Chris, while you give me some analysis on this game, I'm writing down Cowboys double result. I just noticed that uh, these teams played the final game uh, last year in Dallas was an eight and a yeah. half point favorite and just missed covering by 32 points. <laughs> it was a bad beat. Uh, that Wasn't referee that Howell too? Was in Detroit I think that was Howell in that game. That was a big, took away I remember that was a big talking him. point for Howell going into the off season was that game. Uh, I don't have much to say in this game, frankly, uh, Dallas uh, needs to win. Otherwise, uh, uh, they would uh, slink down to the five seed uh, more than likely. So uh, they want yeah. to avoid that. Uh, but uh, on the other side of the coin, if there's any time that Washington would love to stick it to another team, uh, it is the Dallas Cowboys. So maybe the Washington's able to hang in there for a while. Uh, C.D. Lamb is, uh, I think, 30 yards behind Hill. And uh, Prescott's leading in touchdown passes. So there might be some personal stats uh, or incentives uh, going for Dallas. Uh, So you got to kind of keep an eye on that type of stuff. Uh, I did take the under in this game, but at 48 and a half. And now that it's at 46, I can't recommend it as much. So, but I definitely lean under still at the 46. That's an interesting angle, Fez. What do you think about that with some of these teams that are big favorites this week, trying to get some of those players across the finish line? Like maybe you play a Dak prop over or a CeeDee Lamb prop over, thinking that the Cowboys are going to want to get these guys their numbers and they should be up big later in the game, right? Yeah, no doubt. So absolutely, um, I would expect that that's going to happen. And and so CeeDee Lamb, you know, trying to be, you know, be number yeah. one in the league. Um, there's no way in heck I would play C.D. Lamb under. Of course, I am biased having seen just dude just go for 200 plus in his last game. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so no, no, no official wagers on this game. Obviously, keeping an eye on on Dallas and how that number moves. Uh, Fez, if you're willing to lay some juice, 
recommends the halftime full-time, um, the double result for the Cowboys in this game might be an interesting wager. Um, let's move on. We will stay in the late window on Sunday. Um, this is the Rams at the Niners, and this game just got thrown into the mixer. Basically, all the prep I did on this game last night is completely out the window. Look ahead was Niners uh, minus two and a half, and, and I don't even know where the numbers moved today because we saw two quarterback announcements within the last hour. I was able to register the Carson Wentz uh, news that came in right before the show, but I'm seeing some stuff in the chat, and I think, Fez, one of you guys mentioned it, that Brock Purdy will not play in this game either, so it'll be Sam Darnold. And, I, guys, I appreciate you keeping me updated with breaking news in the chat because I'm hosting a live show. It's hard sometimes to keep my head on straight, so keep that uh, information coming. So, Fez, how do we kind of re-quantify this game? I frankly don't care about what these teams did last week or what they did in the prior matchup, which was all the way back in week two because obviously very different teams and very different quarterbacks in this game. Obviously, there's a whole lot going on in this game, and yeah. I'm really not sure who's going to play who. I do think my gut tells me the Rams are going to sit everybody, and the Niners are going to sit a lot of people. Um, but the Niners have the buy, and the Rams don't. So I think the Rams would be sitting more people. So I could only look towards 49ers. I almost made the 49ers a best bet, in fact, in oh, this wow. game. But with so many different moving parts, it almost reminds me of like, what is that? That that Schwarzenegger uh, movie Predator. Where he's like, you cooked up a you cook up a story and you throw us into the meat grinder trying to pick this game, um, but I think the grinder does point towards the Niners and like I said, very close to being a play at minus four. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Rams would uh, kind of prefer to go to Detroit since uh, McVeigh has working knowledge of golf and uh, uh, what well, he's that's good, a good not so good at, and they don't really match up that well against Dallas. So there is some incentive for them to win. I mean, it's not, uh, yeah. you know, make or break type of incentive, but, uh, you know, Puka is sitting there, uh, you know, he has an outside chance at offensive player of the year. So he's going to want to get some stats. Uh, and, uh, San Francisco is going to want to get in, get out, uh, you know, injury free. So, uh, I, if, if I had to, I think the Rams are more live than you would think, but I, other than I played the under uh, that got wiped away as the line moved during the show uh, and that I can't recommend at this level anymore, but uh, uh, I can't really have an interest in the game. I like the angle on uh, the Rams wanting to set their own playoff agenda with who they play. I think that's it, because you know the coaches are talking about that behind the scenes, and I'm sure... Sean McVay is sick of hearing how he has lost nine out of the last 10 to Kyle Shanahan. Um, do, do, do those angles, divisional games, even though this game doesn't frankly mean anything, Fez, do those little, I'll call them psychological angles, play a factor for you when you're handicapping a game like this? Kind of offsets itself. You got one team motivated to win because they've won one out of 10. And yeah. The other team that had clearly has a coaching mismatch advantage, you know, player advantage. Um, so I think they offset. Yeah, sounds about right. I, I think this is a the fact that all three of us are off this game, I think makes a ton of sense. And, and all the quarterback movement today uh, makes this one a really, really tricky handicap. So be very careful if you're uh, betting Niners Rams this week. No plays from our panel. All right, let's go to Sunday night. And again, this, this is the game of the week, but we're kind of putting it in the middle of the show because that's just the way the rotation number shakes out. Uh, Bills at Dolphins. Look at here was Buffalo minus two and a half. And we're seeing that number move to three and even sort of fluctuating off the three as we speak at minus 115 here at BetUS. Bills coming off that, I'll call it a win against the Pats. They didn't cover. They were a big favorite. Uh, they've won four straight, but they failed to cover in two 
of those games. They were double-digit favorites in both of the games they didn't cover. Chargers a couple weeks ago and the Pats last week. Um, Dolphins, I don't even know what to say about last week's game. It was over right from the jump. 56-19 the final. Obviously, Miami failed to cover as a three-point road dog. So now we kind of ratchet up the intensity, guys. And Miami's losing key players at key times. I'm seeing in the chat that Tyreek Hill's house is on fire. I don't even know what's going on with that. Um, but clearly Miami is facing a lot of uh, adversity right now. But neither of you are scared based off of this number. Fez, I'll start with you. Let me ask the panel, who is the better team, the Dallas Cowboys or the Buffalo Bills? What do you think? I think Buffalo's better. Chris? Yeah, that's a good one. It's tight. It is a good one. It is tight. So Buffalo's got the better quarterback. Better so where am I going with this? Uh, Dallas isn't playing this game. Well, where I'm going is that Dallas just did play in South Beach, and Miami was laying one and a half, and Miami covered. And now they're playing pretty much an equal team, yeah. and Miami is catching three. So there's been a four-and-a-half-point adjustment for the Dolphins' crappy performance last week and their injuries. That sure looks like an over-adjustment to me. And this is an example where... I tell you what, the, the odds makers and the betters have just priced the Buffalo Bills through the roof in terms of, we talked about that, teams in must-win situations. I mean, the Bills didn't open a three-point favorite. They opened a two-point favorite. And I think that was properly priced, and now it's been overpriced. Give me th those injured Dolphins plus three. Thank you very much. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I don't, it just seems like... Uh... Buffalo's getting this extra lift of support that they don't necessarily deserve. Uh, you know, they've been, they haven't been rolling over teams recently. Uh, they're winning and there's a lot of optimism there and they're getting healthier, but uh, uh, you know, Miami's been through their own troubles and uh, I'm going to, we're going to have to see exactly who plays at this point because you know, uh, Howard and Waddle are very important and uh Somebody in comments said uh, Tyreek had to leave practice. I don't even know what's up with that. His uh, house is I on fire. Know, I just confirmed that. There's video of his house literally up in flames in Miami right now, which is a oh, bad omen, okay. I would say. <laughs> so th that team is so hot that everything's catching yeah, fire. So <laughs> but, well, the news is, is if he waits till Sunday, there's supposed to be expected thunderstorms that will put out yeah, that house go. fire. Uh, <laughs> Uh, not only over the fire, over the house, but the game. So I do like the under in this game. I, I took it under 50. I don't know what it is now, but uh, yeah. I like the under regardless because if those players are missing, it's only going to help the under. Uh, but uh, these teams uh, are playing better defensively a little bit, uh, but uh, they're running more with Buffalo and Miami really hasn't been scoring and lighting it up anymore. So I do like the under in this game. And, and if those players are in, I, I'm going to think that they're going to be in. They, they pretty much have to be in. So I do like Miami plus the three in this game. I agree with what Steve said. Uh, I think Dallas is the better team and Miami beat Dallas. And uh, I don't understand why they're getting a full field goal here unless there are unknown injuries with Tua or something else that we don't know about. Well, you got Waddle, Mostert, you got two offensive linemen, Howard, even Tua popped up on the injury report today with a shoulder injury. Obviously, he's going to play, but that doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence heading into the last week of the year. And right, like it's it's kind of almost like two ships passing in the night, Steve. Like Buffalo, you, you mentioned the number is reflecting this, but Buffalo is trending up as the season ends and Miami is trending down. Does that change your opinion? No, because I think... 
the line analysis will keep me off of Buffalo in this game based on what you're saying, Fez, but it's smacking me in the face that the Bills are trending in a positive direction where the Dolphins are kind of hitting the toilet. No doubt. So the Dolphins were the better team a few weeks ago, and now the Bills are the better team. Yeah. Well, they're not bet they gotta be better by four and a half points in your power ratings. Yeah. So for this for for this line to be three, uh really three and a half points, uh, because three is such a key number. Uh Bills are Bills are probably two and a half points better. And Miami's home. It's just a complete overreaction to a to, to a must win, like I said. Wouldn't surprise me if, if the injury report doesn't change dramatically and get worse for the Dolphins. Money will show for the Dolphins. By the way, we're going to have to go into the two-minute drill. We are five games in, and we are 33 minutes in. Let's <laughs> go. So, we, I, we, we, have, we, have no, we have we have have no comprehension of time or space. Um, so does this go quickly? Does this get the three and a half in any capacity, or is there no show? No, it closes two and a half. Closes two and a half. Okay, let's move on, as Fez uh, alluded to. Two-minute drill. Good news is um, we have some games that I think we can speed through. This is not one of them, though. Let's go to the early window on Sunday. And this game, um, with everything to play for on both sides, uh, Falcons and Saints, look ahead was New Orleans minus five. Um, we have seen some move back towards the key number of three, so the road dog getting some love here. And, and I mentioned, both teams, everything to play for. Uh, the, the division win uh, is resting on the hands of what the Bucks do in the late window. So the winner of this game can win the division if the Bucks lose later. The Saints can get in with a win, um, plus either a Seahawks or Packers loss. So again, must win, winning in, those types of scenarios certainly kind of floating for this game. But um, both teams do need help. Um, it looks like Chris is the only one playing this one. So, Chris, I'll give you first crack uh, on New Orleans as the home fave. Well, the underdog in this series is highly successful, and uh, that kind of annoys me because I like the Saints a lot in this game. I, I, I can I can forgive Atlanta's no-show last week because that's outside and the elements are a dome team, but... Uh, when they play New Orleans, they do pretty well. And the dog in this series does very well. But I just have this, the Saints rated much higher than Atlanta. And I think that they should be able to do well right out of the gate. I think they need to get Hill involved. And in, in the first matchup between these two teams, Hill ran for, I think, almost 90 yards. Uh, he hasn't been as involved uh, lately. They got to bring him back in. So I think that uh, the Saints have too much for Atlanta. They, I mean, this is a matchup where maybe the Saints aren't out coached for once. So uh, there's a coaching issue, uh, and the Saints just top to bottom uh, are, are just the better team. So I like the Saints in the first half, and I like them for the full game. Are the Saints minus one half on a neutral? So that only gets me to like 2.75. The spot's good for the Saints, though. They, if you recall, Atlanta beat them by like nine points in Atlanta in an yeah. evenly played game in the stats. So, um, it, you know, revenge game um, for the for the Saints there. Bottom line, I made the game three. So if you can if you can get a three and a half, you can bet the Falcons at three. I, I've got nothing. I will want to say I'm gonna throw under the bus all the people that put out these playoff scenarios, and they include the. A team is in with the win, or if there's a tie. You know what? Tie, there hasn't been yeah. a tie all year long. No one can understand any of these playoff scenarios as it is. Just delete the ties. Put a little footnote. If you want to put the ties in, go to this site, because it's never yeah. going to apply, except if you're that team and you need to look it up. Um, it's just like the penny. The penny should have been out of circulation 20 years ago, and these ties analysis shouldn't be part of the playoff scenarios, and the people keep doing them are obsolete dinosaurs that should be voted out of office. 
That's what I love about Fez. He asks us to speed up, and then he gives a, a, a penny stat from 20 years ago. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this show. You never know what you're going to get. Um, Chris is on the Saints. He also likes the Saints in the first half. Fez and I are uh, abstaining courteously from this game as uh, one of these teams is going to have a shot to win the NFC South, perhaps, if Carolina um, beats Tampa. But we'll get to that game in a little bit. Let's move on right back to the late window, early window, late window, back and forth we go on Sunday. Uh, Eagles and Giants. This game is very interesting from a betting perspective. Look ahead was Philly minus six. We've seen the move towards the home dog, and that's despite the fact that the Eagles need to win this game in order to win the NFC East. Of course, they also need the Cowboys to lose, and that's where the angle is intriguing for me, guys, because we're on opposite sides of this one, but I just I feel like if if Washington or if, if Philly sees that scoreboard and Dallas is up two scores in the first half, like it, it, what's the incentive for the Eagles in the second half to really go balls to the wall? And uh, Chris, I'll give you first crack because you think Philly in the first half is the play maybe going against that train. Maybe they still see there's hope in the first half before Dallas inevitably beats the Commanders. Yeah, they well they need to write that ship uh, because yeah. uh, it, it's sinking fast and. Uh, if they're going to ever do it, they're going to do it right out of the gate. And uh, if they start to go into the half and they see Dallas is up by 17, you know, they don't need to, they don't need to risk more injuries and such. They, they can, you know, just, you know, uh, push it in and, and just forget about it and move on to the playoffs. But uh, they have to show up uh, early on because they have hope of, uh, of improving their lot at least. And uh, uh, that's the way I view this game. It, there's no love lost between these teams. And Philadelphia has wow. actually been starting off well. They've been blowing these leads. Yep. So uh, and that's another reason why I like them to get off to a good start like they have been with all these other games. They've just been choking them down at the end. Philly actually had a great first half record last year. So over yep. a two-year period, solid. But you know, this year, for most of the year, lousy first half. So a role reversal there. But the Chris nailed it. The whole dynamic in this game is that the Eagles, I believe, will play all their starters for the first half, and then they'll look at the halftime score, and if Dallas is up 28, that's going to change everything and not yep. give them no incentive in the second half. So if you bet the Eagles, look to play first half. I make the game four and a half, so I'm getting value with the Giants plus five, and I'm getting a bonus value that if Dallas is blowing out Washington, I could I could get, there's a second path to victory here. By the way, I'm literally fighting with some of my contacts in Philly that say that the Philly GM is considering resting his starters. No team with a chance to win a division title in the history of the NFL has ever rested their starters the final week of the season. So I, I just don't believe it. So Philly first half, I think, is pretty safe, as is Philly first quarter. But Giants is my selection. Yeah, I like Philly first quarter money line. That that might be something I get involved later to kind of protect myself against. Because I'm on the Giants taking 5-2. I mean, this is it's wild to me. The Eagles have only covered six times all year. They've won 11 games straight up. They've only covered six times. Of course, they've been a favorite in most of those games because they are a favorite most uh, most weeks. Um, Giants are playing well. I would say, you know, they, they they covered that game a couple weeks ago. They fell behind big, covered it late. Um, I, something just – this is – right, Fez? This is probably a better live betting game, but we've got to give out a play on the show here for it, so I like the Giants. But this is a game you should keep your, your, your finger on the trigger – based on what that Dallas score does in the second half. Yeah, and and based upon, remember, if Hertz gets his like shoulder separated in the late in the third quarter when Dallas is up 28, well, yeah. the entire Eagle coaching staff probably need not apply next year. Um, I mean, that, that will go down in infamy as like, what a stupid decision. Yeah. So absolutely, I, I think you, you know, 
just watch this game, and the second that Hurts comes out of the game, immediately at that point, I think you can fire live. Yeah. Giants are feisty. They've covered five of the last six. Feisty team, feisty dog. They've lost, what is it, six straight, five straight against this uh, Eagles team. I'm sure they're hearing about that from the media and on the fan base this week. I'm sure they're sick of hearing how many games in a row they've lost to this Philly team. So they will absolutely be up for this game. Uh, Fez and I are taking the five points. Great live betting opportunity with the Giants if the commanders uh, fall flat against the Cowboys. And, and Chris is taking the other angle here, um, taking the Eagles in the first half. I think first quarter is a fair um, play as well based off of that strategy. All right, let's move uh, backwards in time to the early window on Sunday now. Um, Browns and Bengals, uh, not a whole lot going on with this game, right, guys? Cincinnati was a slight favorite on the look ahead. Now they're a big favorite. Why? Well, Jeff Driscoll starting a quarterback for the Browns. Joe Flacco will be napping on the sidelines. Um, Cleveland's been impressive. They've won and covered in four straight. They're locked into the five seed. Nothing to play for this week. But, Chris, that doesn't uh, uh, make you afraid to uh, back the Browns as a, as a dog on the road in this one. Yeah, I mean, I just – this Browns team has faced so much adversity this uh, season. Uh, all these players that are going to come in, they're going to rest some of the starters. Obviously, no Flacco and, and a handful of others that could use the rest. But this has been a mash unit the whole year. These players are playing for, uh, you know, roster spots. They want to be noticed. They want to play well. The, the difference in these two teams is huge. And, you know, this much of an adjustment just seems ridiculous to me because, you know, what's Cincinnati's incentive to blow out Cleveland? Uh, this, is an in, this is an in-state rivalry. I just, yeah. it's, it's a low total. I, I did bet the under 40. Uh, there could be some minor weather issues. Uh, these teams are going to want to get in, get out, uh, grind the clock. And, uh, you know, seven points is a lot to give the better team, regardless if they're, they're sitting a few players. I think... You know, Cleveland doesn't want to get blown out. So I like Cleveland plus the seven. I think it's too many. So we're going to deviate on this one. I'm teasing Cincinnati and multiple teasers. I uh, I actually think it sets up really well for the Bengals. Opening day, the Bengals got crushed by Cleveland. Yeah. 24 to three. Um, for those, I grew up in Southern Ohio. The Bengals hate the Browns. Sam mm-hmm. White once famously said when he... Um, well, he ran up the score on everyone, but um, like the, he hated the Oilers and he hated the Browns. And he once said he got the mic. They were throwing batteries and stuff on the field. And he's like, we're not from Cleveland. Let's not behave that way. Um, the Bengals would love to smash Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland cares. Cleveland just wants to get healthy. Um, so this is the rare seven point favorite that I think, boy, I've got a lot of confidence. The Bengals are going to absolutely be able to win this game. And, it, you know, Flacco isn't that good. But I didn't even know Jeff Driscoll was in the NFL anymore. So he um, actually was just added to the roster today. PJ Walker is going to be the backup. I, I thought they would start Walker in this game, Fez. Does that surprise you? Yeah, Walker probably stole some like equipment from 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 the Browns, like um, uh, yeah, um, training facility. They, start because he, they don't like him it. no more. Um, yeah. But Bengals are going to win the game. Teasers are good. Yeah, right, Fez, the follow-up here for me on the Bengals' side is you you take all the pressure off. Last week, they had a chance to win that game. They had a lead in the first half against the Chiefs. They still had a chance to make the playoffs if they held on. They didn't score in the second half. Now you take the pressure off. You're you're playing with house money. It doesn't matter if you lose this game. You're not in the playoffs anyways, and you get to play your division rival. That spanked you in week one of the season. Granted, that was Burrow versus Watson. I, I see that angle. Um, Chris thinks it's too many points with the Browns. Uh, by the way, I really appreciate the, the the chats really doing a good job today. I'm seeing some really good nuggets 
um, in here. So if you're not paying attention to us and you're paying attention to the chat, you're learning something as well. Um, Chris is on Cleveland. Um, Fez is uh, teasing down the Bengals. So we're kind of on opposite sides of this one, trying to thread the needle in this Ohio rivalry. All right, back forward in time to the late window on Sunday. Bears and Packers, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. I don't know how frozen it'll be, uh, but Green Bay was a slight favorite on the look ahead. They are now a slighter, more slight favorite. Um, I didn't say that right, but you understand. It's on the number, the key number of three. Um, this is kind of one of those situations we were talking about in the beginning of the show, guys, right? The Packers, it is a must win. Um, the Bears, nothing to play for, but we're starting to see this line now eke out past that key number of three. And my guess is at some point there's going to be some buyback on a Chicago team that's been playing really good football the last month or so. Uh, Justin Fields looks like he's going to be the guy next year based off of what we've seen. But who knows? That could change. But he's looked like the quarterback of the future. And the defense looks great. So, Chris, no surprise here. Uh, you like Chicago plus the points. Uh, yeah, you have to go with Chicago here. They're actually the number one gaining team over the last five weeks on my numbers. Uh They've been playing great. That defense has been coming together, and, and, and they're just playing better, and they seem to actually be in good spirits. And uh, Eberflus has been uh, retained for another year, you know, another vote of confidence. So the players, yeah. you know, have to maintain their roster spots, and they get to stick it to their divisional rival, the Green Bay Packers, if they can. So, And uh, as we discussed previously, as my, uh, my, uh, my other uh, video partner, Ron, mentioned, 42% of teams in this situation over the 215 games do not cover. So must win, must lose. And Green Bay's in that situation. So uh, I took the points with the Chicago Bears. And I'm coming aboard in a live bet. I'm on the yeah. Bears plus three. I'm being stubborn here because I dropped the ball. I didn't give out the Bears plus three and a half when it was there early on in the betting cycle and so often you're like ah oh, if i didn't get the best number i don't want to play it but you know what like chris said the bears uh, since they got sweat their defense is playing fantastic these are almost these are equal teams and i'm yeah. catching three i i know the packers own the bears i get it it doesn't matter let's go ahead and do the live pick and let's let's get on board all of us like the bears yeah i'm on the bears too and and frankly i think it goes in the other direction fez like, we're talking about the Eagles and the Giants. All week long, all the Giants players from every media member, oh, you've lost this many straight games to the Eagles. That's all the Bears players are going to be hearing all week. Oh, you've it's actually nine out of the last ten. You lost nine out of the last ten to the Packers. How are you feeling about this week's game? They're going to get 100 questions like that this week. If I'm a Bears player, yeah, I'm sick of hearing that, and I'm going to give a good effort. And it just – I have a pal, Tim Murray, does radio back in Milwaukee. You guys probably know him. He, he, we, we text a lot about these games or in contests. He said to me this week, um, this is the game that the Packers lose after losing – after looking so good on Sunday night against Minnesota. They come back in this spot just like they did last year, week 18, to Chris's Lions. Lions had nothing to play for in that game. Went into Lambeau Field and said sayonara to Aaron Rodgers. I get very similar vibes in this game with Jordan Love. Bears across the board, plus three for the panel. And, Chris, you like the over as well, right? Did you give a chance to, uh, to mention that? Did I add that? Yeah, you've got that in the uh, sheet. Oh, here, yeah. I, you know what I do? I speak about the Bears defense, and I, but uh, I do like the over in this because when you have these teams in, in, in this type of situation – they, they just don't let off. They, they, yeah. they, they just keep on piling on the points. The weather's going to be decent. And uh, uh, I, I just think that there will be some scoring. 
Bears in the over. Across the board, Fez added it live. Hopping on the Bears bandwagon here in Week 18 as we say farewell to this NFC North rivalry for another season. All right, uh, let's continue with the late window Sunday. Seahawks at Cardinals. This is an interesting game, guys. Look, at They are exceeding all of our expectations this year. And, Fez, I'll give you first crack because this is one of your stronger looks of the week with Arizona continuing to do what they've pretty much done the entire season, which is kind of surprise us. Yeah, and I did blast it out to our NFL team here that I was on Arizona plus three early in the week. Number made no sense. I made the game two. And you could say Seattle has every incentive in the world. Well, Arizona is clearly playing balls out as well. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about Arizona. You say they've exceeded every possible expectation. I would argue every expectation but one. Their season win number opened four and a half and closed four. So amazingly, as well as this team has played, I've got Arizona like six points better than where they were to start the season. Yeah. And they still haven't gone over. You know, one quick comment on season win numbers. I'm warning, there's some math here. So here comes some math. There are some experts out there that are advocating an NFL season win betting to always play alternative totals. You know, play play a team. Don't play a team to go under um, or, or to, 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 to go over uh three and a half on Arizona or over four and a half play over five and a half plus money, et cetera. And they talk about how valuable it is and how rarely it is that a team in the NFL lands on their number. Well, this has been not a good year for those alternative <laughs> yeah. totals. All these teams we're talking about, it's like Philly's on 11. That's, you know, right, right at expectation. Chicago seven, Green Bay eight, Seattle eight, Arizona at four. Guess what? If you played the alternatives on those five teams and that's just in three or four games, there's many, many others, you know, that match as well. Well, you're bagling. You're, you're, you're Denver alternative totals. If you played over or under, you lose. So this has been a terrible year for all totals trying to get like bigger payouts. It's not that you shouldn't always you never do those, but you only want to selectively do it when you get over plus 200. If you get an extra, if you give up a game, you don't want to do it plus 185. Um, but uh, I actually personally have an Arizona under four and a half in the mix. So I bet like triple what I normally bet because I think Arizona can win this game. And uh, then I'm going to lose my under four and a half. And you know what? They could lose by one, two or three. And then I'll be a very happy camper. Arizona plus three. <laughs> you know, I was pulling out my uh, season wins uh, tickets finally to see uh, where I was sitting for the uh, uh, contest. And as Steve mentioned, there's like seven or eight games you can't even grade yet. So uh, wow. you don't know whether you're going to win it or lose it. So uh, I gave up. But Can I, I give you a lighter to light that it on fire, I, know, Steve? So. I see a lot of uh, crossing out there on that list. Uh, cr crossing out our winners. I'm, I'm projected to win 20 or 21 in the Westgate Super Contest, wow. uh, which I think will put me in the money for the third time in, in, in four years. Well played. All right, Chris. Sorry, I cut you I off. I think you could only lose like five or six. Well, then I'm drawing live. No, I'm just... <laughs> I like, uh, I don't know. I'm not in love with this Arizona. I, I think Seattle, uh, Arizona had the big win last week, didn't they? So uh, yeah. maybe they start off a little flat. Seattle has a history of not faring well on the road, but they do all right in Arizona for some reason. So uh, I look for Seattle to get out to a quick start at least. And I like them in the first quarter. Aside from that, I kind of, uh, I was looking at the total, but the total's too high. And I can't think of another reason. I'm not sure whether Seattle's going to be able to win that game. I just think they're, that they're going to show up uh, early. And uh, I, I actually would like Arizona to win because I hedged my under five and a half wins with over four and a half plus 165. <laughs> so I would like to dead nut middle that. 
That would be a very, very solid wager. Yeah, I think for me in this game, uh, we were, I think we gave out Cardinals under four and a half wins on this show, or at least we talked about it on this show during our preseason um, uh, content. So it makes a ton of sense. If you are, like, if you're, if you've been watching this show since the beginning of the season and you've got Cardinals under four and a half wins, um, you'd be a fool not to take a little Arizona plus three in this game. I mean, I just think that that is a, a fantastic way to protect yourself. And you also um, could win both bets for sure. Um, the 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 follow up I have here, Fez, before we move on from this game quickly. So Seahawks won twenty to ten back in Week Seven. They were a ten point favorite in that game. But for Arizona, no Connor and no and no Murray. It was Josh Dobbs starting in that game. So you add back Kyler Murray, you know, number one pick, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I would say, when healthy. And then you throw James Connor back into the mix. Like that should eliminate that ten point gap. And that game was in Seattle, right there. So I, I just think there's a lot of positive reasons to play on Arizona in this spot, based off of those two guys uh, who didn't play in the first game. Yeah, I got Strout and Murray, tenth uh, and eleventh best quarterbacks in the league. So just borderline top ten quarterback, as opposed to a total stiff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense to come back on Arizona here for the full game. Chris is taking Seattle in the first quarter, hoping that the cards come out a little flat. And we're all kind of hedging our Arizona win total bets. And that is one of the upsides to playing win totals. It gives you a lot of flexibility at the end of the year. You want to go against it. You want to go on it, however the market plays out. And that's how we're kind of seeing this one. All right, let's go back in time to the early window on Sunday. Um, a meaningless game. So we'll go quickly here. Jets and Patriots. New England was a slight favorite on the look ahead. Not a whole lot of movement there. Um, I, I don't have much on this game. Again, both teams out of playoff contention. They, they last played in week three. Um, the Pats won 15 to 10. It was Zach Wilson, Mac Jones in that game. This one's Trevor Simeon, Bailey Zappi. Um, and it looks like, uh, Chris, we're, uh, we're all kind of in agreement. This is not the best way during game. No, uh, the, yeah, the, the, this, there's going to be crummy weather there, and the total has already moved. I can't recommend it at this level uh, under 31. 31 is a key number, uh, but uh, I look for there to be very little scoring. Uh, the Jets have lost 14 straight games, and what better way to send Belichick uh, away than to – come in and uh, take a victory away from him in his final game and end that losing streak. But can we depend on it? Zach Wilson's not going to be playing. He's not available. Uh, I, I don't know what to make out of this game. So uh, that's all I can say. Flip the chat room is, is about to go nuts because they're going to lose their minds if we don't tease the hell out of the Jets in this game. The reason being is we've got a total, an Iowa-esque total at 30 and a half and a two-point Dog. So, of course, we're going to tease the Jets <laughs> upwards, and I've got them in multiple teasers already because who cares who wins 17 to 13, right? Um, I will say there was an opportunity there. I personally got in a $50 mandatory fine for talking about bets that numbers that don't come close to existing anymore um, under 34, and I gave out under 31 and a half, but 31 is a key number, four touchdowns and a field goal. So yeah. because of that, I'm going to stay off the, to the total. But no, I, I love the teasers with the Jets and what should be a very, very uncompelling game that you should not watch. Yeah, don't watch this game, but if you bet it, take the Jets up in a teaser. Other than that, God bless, Godspeed. Let's move on. This game actually matters. Jaguars are Titans. Look ahead. Jacksonville was a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Um, excuse me. Um, no, that was look at three-and-a-half, and now we've seen it move up. Yep, so so money on, on the Jags here is the road fave. Um, and again, we're kind of baking in that win and in narrative, but is this kind of overbaking the chip, Fez? Because uh, based off of your action here with the Titans, it kind of looks like it is. 
Yeah, my power ratings say so. So, of course, Jacksonville's the much better team. That's why they're favored. They're, I got them four points better. Give Tennessee one and a half for home field, and Tennessee should be catching three and a half. It's a home run game for Tennessee. How motivated is Jacksonville? Well, very motivated. They want to make the playoffs after all. But um, they know they're just going to get smacked around if they make the playoffs. It's not like they're like, oh, we can make the playoffs and we can make a deep run. And uh, Titans are a quality team off of a bad year. I could see this being their Super Bowl. I'm on the Titans five and a half. Mm. Well, I know everybody's waiting for this line to slide up to six so they can pound it down. And I think it will slide up to six when they announce uh, uh, the quarterback, uh, Trevor, playing. So, uh that's the way I see what's going to happen here. But uh, I can't take Tennessee in this situation. Yeah. By the way, have you kept up? I know they activated Kirk, but is that just to the practice squad? Can he be activated for this week? I I saw that. They opened – I don't think they activated him. I think they opened his 21-day window, yeah. which means he's eligible to return over the next three weeks. I have no idea if he's healthy enough to return. Based off of prior situations here – they usually activate the guy and they open up his window and he usually practices for a week or two before he plays. Yeah, like usually they give, they, they, they give you the leeway there. So just because they activate him, he doesn't usually play that first week. But that's prior weeks. This is week 18, so you never know. I, I'm, I'm just hoping they bet down Jacksonville far enough so that I can actually get involved. Uh, I, I, I mean, Jacksonville is a dog with fleas, but, uh, you know, you scratch enough of them off, you can have a good time for a period. And the, a good time against Tennessee might be a victory here and get them in the playoff divisional victory. So uh, uh, I'm rooting for a lower line in Jacksonville. Right now I have to sit this out. Fair. Bez, do you have anything else to add on this one before we I, move on? I think I, I think Vrabel was fired up this week. Like, I think it's hard to bet against the Titans. Like, if, if you're betting Jacksonville in this game because you think – that Tennessee is not going to be motivated. Go watch Mike Vrabel's press conference. They are motivated. Yeah, and the Titans that, are your your blue collar lunch bag, lunch pail, take the points type of team. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. Titans plus the points. That's how Fez is treating it. Um, I, I think I'll get there on Tennessee if, if we get to six. But five and a half, I'll, I'll give uh, Steve the floor here as we move on from the AFC South. And now let's go back to the late window here um, on Sunday. Broncos at Raiders, not a whole lot going on with this game. Uh, we saw the look ahead at three. It's still at three. Vegas is a, is a short uh, home favorite. Denver's coming off that win over the Chargers. I, I think it's fair to say the market overreacted to the Russell Wilson, Jared Stidham um, situation. It looks like Stidham is serviceable, uh, maybe not as big of a drop-off from Russell Wilson as maybe the market move indicated there. Raiders coming off that win over the Colts. They covered through the back door. Not the most impressive performance for Vegas, but they were able to get the cover on a late touchdown. This is a rematch from week one. Raiders won this game by a point, a penny, as Fezzik would like to say, uh, a, as a three-point dog. And they've owned this series. They've won 9-10 against the Broncos. Um, neither team eligible for postseason play. So, guys, uh, tough to kind of handicap this one from a motivation perspective. Chris, I'll give you first crack. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> this yeah, is a tough one. It, yeah. it, uh, it, this is a tough one just because the, the numbers favor Denver. You, you know, it's a typical type of game where you just don't understand where the motivation is going to be. Uh, Las Vegas likes their coach. I think that they're going to come out and play hard. Uh, Denver's, yeah. a, I think, a better team. Uh, I, if I, you know, if the line becomes a solid three, I probably will pop in on Denver, but at this point I'm going to sit it out because, uh, if I, if I'm not getting a field goal, I don't want to be involved in this game. Fair. You, 
you know, the fact that Denver got upset week one, and that was really an ugly game. Yeah. Um, if, if Denver had won that game, I'd be on the Raiders probably. Yep. Uh, because, you know, as Chris mentioned, they're super motivated. They want their coach to stay. Um, this is interesting to me. When I look at the power ratings, it actually makes the Raiders a four-point favorite. So I'll lean to the Raiders, but I um, I don't I don't like that. Oh, also in Denver, that was a phony win against the Chargers. I actually watched the game. I thought they dominated. The stats were equal in that game. So just a lean Raiders. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, it seems like the, the chat is passing on this one. And I, I think it makes sense that the, our crew here passing on the Raiders and the Broncos in a meaningless game uh, in the AFC West. Let's move on to a game that is technically meaningless in terms of playoff positioning and standing. But I, I do think there is an interesting angle here. Uh, Vikings and Lions, of course, this is a rematch of a game from two weeks ago. It was a tight one. Uh, Vikings came back late, almost took the lead, uh, but it was the fourth Nick Mullins interception that did them in there on that uh, final drive. Justin Jefferson was was wild down the stretch of that game, almost single-handedly brought the Vikings back. And the Lions are coming off of that just absolutely brutal loss uh, last week to the Cowboys, where uh, there are billboards being uh, erected right now in Detroit saying that uh, Decker reported. Uh, it's really remarkable how um, the end of that game got completely botched from a referee and reporting perspective. But I think it gives the Lions a little bit of motivation here uh, against the Vikings team that's really sputtering down the stretch. They've lost three straight. Technically, they can still clinch a playoff berth. They need a win, and they need a lot of other things to take place uh, in order for them to clinch. But technically, they are still alive. Lions, of course, are locked into their, I think, the three seed unless Dallas loses. So both teams probably kind of sitting where they are and they're not going to move up or down in the standings, but we're all in agreement, uh, Fez, that maybe this is a good spot for the Lions to bounce back. Yeah, I'm worried the Lions aren't going to play their starters the whole way, or if, certainly if you've got players that are banged up that um, they may not play and they may not play in the second half. So Lions first half, I know sure. uh, RJ Gua agrees with the Lions first half, laying the two and a half. I will say this, and I say this each and every week, it is... It's not 1985 anymore. In this day and age, I continue to be amazed how these billion-dollar corporations have complete and utter like, like they they let the end of the the coach of the team be the king of the, of, of 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 the team with no help at all. Your analytics department has to go, Dan, Dan, can't, you you can't you can't go for two from the seven. I'll explain why later. We're gonna kick. We're sending yeah. out the kicker. You know, it's like you you. The analytics team has that to say that was like a gambler down late pressing with no with all emotion, no logic. At the it's end of that totally game. the GM and the owner's fault. The GM and the owner have yeah. to explain to the coach, "You suck at this. I understand. Yeah. You got ten thousand other things to do. So our analytics team's going to tell you what to do. And if it's a close call, you can do whatever you want. If it's not a close call, you do what the analytics people tell you to do. We'll explain yeah. why later. And yet in this day and age, it's still up to. I, I feel like standing on my my fourteen against. I feel like hitting my, my my 13 against the deal or three because I'm not a card counter. I just have a gut. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I felt like I was back in high school again. And, uh, you know, Campbell was just trying to, like, you know, prove something to people that he's cool or something. I, I don't know what, what the hell he was thinking. Who the hell kicks an extra point? He admitted it after the game, Chris. He said, no matter what, I told the guys on that drive, no matter what, we're going for two. And it's like he was just so cement in that take, he couldn't deviate off of it. Yeah, but you couldn't do it after they moved it back five totally. years. It was just one of the worst moves I've ever seen a coach make, and I've we've seen a lot of bad moves. So. Oh, I've seen much worse moves. We saw <laughs> anyone who watched Washington's endgame where they yeah. threw an incompletion yeah. um, and then didn't take a knee on those last three plays is just, I mean, malpractice. How about Mario Cristobal with the Georgia Tech game when he could have uh, taken a knee, but that they ran away and fumbled it? Uh, to, but to, to go back to the original point, 
I, I think the Lions, like, if you're betting against, it was the same thing last week, right? The argument was, oh, the Lions don't have anything to play for. They already clinched the division. If you are betting against this Detroit Lions team based off of motivation, I think this Lions team is the most motivated team in the, in the league every week because of who their coach is. And maybe he makes those dumb decisions late in the game. And sure, that could be a reason why they don't cover the spread. But they are up for all of these games. And Fez, line analysis here, these two teams played two weeks ago. The Lions were a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, and they covered. Now they're at home laying three. How do we not lay three in the exact same spot almost? <laughs> well, yeah, you look at the way— three-point favorite too, Jared. Yeah, exactly. You look at that Minnesota game last week against Green Bay, and I had Minnesota, and I realized right away this team gave up. What, what the yeah. hell happened? I mean— I expected them to show up. They put in a quarterback that was completely out of his depth, and they did nothing until the second half about that situation. They're done. They're as dead as disco. I mean, and Detroit will show up. They're going to have a full house. There's enthusiasm, and there are enough players, and they're healthy enough that even if they're sitting some of these guys with aches and pains, they're just better than Minnesota, and they, sh- they should win this game. And that's why I like them in the first half. I like them for the full game. Yeah, Lions always. I mean, that place is going to be jacked up. I-, I-, I have a lot of friends in Michigan. I used to work. So my first job on TV was in Flint, Michigan. So I covered sport. I know a lot of people in that area. I-, I had multiple friends reaching out to me, not sports people, news people, random people, questioning what the hell happened at the end of that game. My point being, the Lions fan base, is this is going to be like a playoff game for the Lions this week because it's just it's going to have that vibe to it after what took place on Saturday. Um, final game of the year, home game, great season. I think this is going to be a jacked-up crowd. I think the Lions win this game uh, convincingly. We're all in agreement. Lions always, first half, full game, play Detroit this week. There's a lot first of personal week. player goals that can be made. You know, like, like Porta's shattering tight end records. Yeah. St. Brown needs another touchdown to reach double digits. Uh, and there's a couple of other uh, good incentives that people want to reach uh, as individual players that they're going to help each other out. Uh, not to give away too much, but when I ask you guys what my favorite child is later in the show, this is going to be my favorite child. Lions, uh, it's definitely uh, a good spot this week, I think, motivationally speaking. The fact that they were a two-and-a-half-point road favorite two weeks ago, and now they're a three-point home favorite. Basically the same game. Uh, just, just doesn't make any sense to me um, from a line analysis perspective. So let's move on, though. Um, as we get to another very, very, very important game in the late window on Sunday. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing for the NFC South. If they win, they clinch. They're a five-point favorite right now over the Panthers. Um, not a ton of movement on this game, back and forth, but uh, Fez, I'll give you first crack because it, it does seem like Carolina's got a little bit of buzz, even though David Tepper uh, throwing <laughs> drinks into the stands. Maybe that was the best pass a Carolina person's thrown all year, but you think the Panthers are a live dog here. Yeah, Carolina have been much better at home. And let's let's do a comp here. Um, my goodness, we talk about are the odds makers juicing the line right from the get-go? And that's the case here in the must-win for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, last week, Carolina was on the road where they suck. And they're catching plus three and a half against Jacksonville. A team, I know they don't have Lawrence, but a team without Lawrence that is in the same category as Tampa Bay is maybe slightly worse. All right, so Carolina was catching only three and a half. Now they're home where they play much better against a comp team, and they're catching five. So much better value with Carolina and their much better role against an overpriced Tampa team. Oh, Tampa probably find a way to win the game. Maybe not. Uh, Give me Carolina plus five. Thank you. 
Hmm. Yeah, but on that comp, that line was seven until it became evident Trevor was going to hit, you know, not be able to make it. And I think I like Tampa Bay off of this. Uh, they they didn't look that good uh, last week. No, they looked very flat in that. There game. was something wrong. And, and a team that Baker's looks that up, bad, mispracticed today. Keep an a eye team on that looks that bad comes back pretty darn strong the next game more than typically. And I believe that Baker Mayfield will make more money in incentives if he wins this game very than true. he, than he, he will for his play. entire year's salary. So I think 50% more, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. uh, he more than doubles his salary uh, with a win. And I just think that they kind of had this uh, game earmarked. Uh, am I laying four and a half or five? No, I think that they're going to bet this down. And uh, But I, I, I'm going to strongly consider getting involved in Tampa Bay uh, on this one. They're just a much, much better team. You have an interim coach with Carolina. They're not playing for this guy. He's not going to be sticking around. And they just can't seem to get their act together. You've got the owner throwing pops at people. And, that uh, was crazy. It, it, you know, that, he's, what's, what's David Denver seems like one of those nice guys, right? He's well, like a real nice guy. If you equate the guy's net worth, that $300,000 fine yeah. was like an $18 fine, I saw. Basically a Starbucks coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, this is a weird spot. Fez, I, I, I see your angle here on, on Carolina. I think the one, like the reason why I think Tampa Bay was flat last week is because they knew, guys, we play Carolina the last week of the year. We're going to win that game and win the division. Like, I, I understand why a veteran team would punt on the Saints game um, because of this lemon waiting for you in week 18 in Carolina. Um, but what do we say about must win, right? Just because you have to win the game doesn't mean you're going to win the game. And Fez thinks um, Carolina catching five here is the way to play. Chris and I are laying off this one uh, as we move forward. Last game on the board uh, this week. It is also in the late window on Sunday. It is uh, what normally would be a really good quarterback matchup, but unfortunately we're not getting that here this week. Chiefs at Chargers. Uh, I don't really care what the look ahead or any of the numbers were because, again, we got this uh, market thrown into a, you know, basically a bomb exploded on it. Um, I think it's going to be Blaine Gabbert for the Chiefs this week and obviously Easton Stick still um, for the Chargers. Kansas City's won four straight in this series, but, guys, I, I really don't think the, any of the past um, numbers matter here. And, Chris, I'll give you first crack. It looks like you're playing this game uh, two different ways. I am? Yeah. Based off of the spreadsheet. Oh, well, I know I like here. Kansas City. I mean, how can you not like Kansas City getting three and a half? What was my other thing on there? Under, 35. Oh, yeah, I like the under. Well, how the hell are these guys going to score? Where are the points <laughs> coming from? I don't know. You tell me. You're the expert. I, that's it. I, I, I have no answer <laughs> on how they could possibly score that many points. So I do like the under in this game. And uh, I, I like... I like the plus three and a half. I realize, um, you know, they're sitting a bunch of guys, but, you know, these guys are used to rotating in and out, and uh, they're quality players, and they're not going to just sit there and lay down to the Chargers. Uh, and uh, the Chargers are, you know, who knows what situation they're in. And uh, the, that that game last week was just a uh, effort in futility. So, the Kansas City's defense is going to be equally as good, even with missing players. So, uh, got to take the points, got to take the under. You could certainly talk me into the under. I'm going to disagree with taking the points. I think there's a – let me break down one more one more math warning. Here it comes. 
I want to compare. We started out talking the show about Pittsburgh, Baltimore, where Baltimore would have been minus 10 and now they're plus four, 14 point adjustment. Well, in this game, the Chiefs would have been laying 11 and they're catching three and a half. So the 14 point adjustment as well. So looks right, right? Both teams look like they're going to be sitting everybody, Baltimore and uh, and the Chiefs. So we just 14. Well, here's the difference. As good as Lamar Jackson is, he's got a good backup. Um, and Kansas City has a good backup also, but uh, but Mahomes is God. So Lamar Jackson's yeah. only worth five points. You could make a case Mahomes is worth nine points with that crappy wow. receiving core and the like that somehow he still is able to get the ball to them and they still drop it. This this is going to be an unmitigated disaster with what's going to happen now without Mahomes out there offensively, which is why I would look towards the under. And so if, if I've got a nine-point adjustment and Kansas City was supposed to be laying 11, now I'm already at minus two. With just adjusting for one dude, and now if Kelsey doesn't play and they and they don't play their studs on defense, already I've flipped it into Chargers laying. You see where I'm going? That yep. uh, you take out enough people, I can get to Chargers minus six with the uh, with the right adjustments. And like I said, the Chargers deep played very well last week, very well. Um, Chargers, I'm going to call the exact score. I'm going to call my shot. Chargers 17, Chiefs 10, but I have nothing on the game. I like that. I mean, I might get to the window on the under. I, I do think if there's one game that stands out from a contract incentive standpoint, it is Austin Eckler in this game, and it's for two reasons. One, it's a completely meaningless game. Um, so Austin Eckler is a veteran guy. And I think the coaching staff and the GM situation with the Chargers matters a little bit more. When you're handicapping these player incentive props, guys, keep an eye or keep in mind who the owner and the GM and if it's a player-friendly coach. For example, the Seattle Seahawks, historically speaking, they want to get their guys their money. Pete Carroll, very player-friendly coach. New England Patriots, they could care less about player Jared, Jared, Jared my man, don't, don't tease stuff. me like that. What does Eckler need? What are we betting? Uh, there you go. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll give you the numbers right now. So he needs 110 total yards for $110,000. If his rushing and receiving yards prop is in, it's usually in the 90 to 100 range. It's not out yet, of course, and they're going to be very late with these props. But that's this is the one guy that I really would target in this market this week. The other ones, eh, not too keen on. So just keep an eye on Austin Eckler. I'm not giving out any props or anything. I'm just telling you because of the behind-the-scenes stuff, I would keep that in mind. Fez, do you, do you, you feel free to rebut, Fez. I, I'm, well, I'm no, fine no, with being wrong. Not at all. Just in terms of pulling back the curtain, oftentimes like like someone might release the Russian receive number, and for him to get that, it's it's a lot easier to get yards receiving with a few extra passes. So I would look towards Eckler um, a little bit, um, the secondary market on this stuff. So so receptions and reception yards would, might be a good way to attack this on Eckler overs where you're yeah. not getting taxed through the roof like you will on the pure R&R numbers. Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of pushback in the chat about uh, Spanos doesn't want to let him get it, and that's very fair. The ownership in L.A. has been historically like that, but they're not on the field during the game. Spanos <laughs> is just... not going to be throwing the ball to him. <laughs> yeah, right. Spanos is not the one throwing the ball to him. I think it's more about the coach um, and also the, the guys around him, and I think Jeff Smith being an interim head coach um, and of a lot of this coaching staff wanting to make a good impression on these players as they try to move on and get other jobs. And Russ, I, I appreciate your comment too. Uh, lines aren't out yet. Why spoil it? We're not spoiling anything here, guys. The sports books knew about this stuff already. Trust me, they did. Our show is not spoiling anything, but I appreciate your guys' comments as we move forward here um, with our show. And I think that wraps up our games. 
Um, so let's move on into the comment section. And we've got a ton of good questions this week that I want to get to. And uh, I'm pulling up right now. Um, let's start with Chad Moody. I, I know we take it one game at a time, but in general, are overs more likely to hit, especially in games with no significance? Does any opinion on this question? You know, I don't have it broken out. I would agree with that, that obviously defensive intensity comes at the highest in the big games and does conservatism. You don't want to, you know, fumble away the opportunities and you're less likely to be a gunslinger. You know, I know Ralph Michaels sent out great information month by month, NFL totals. And like January, there are actually, even with the crappy weather, it gets over adjusted for. So if you have to blindly bet overs or unders, I believe the conclusion was overs have historically been better than unders in January. You know, I actually looked up week 18 from last year and the first half totals were seven and seven. And the full game totals were eight and six. And the highest total was only 44 and a half. Now, I didn't include the Saturday games. I just did the Sunday games. But so mm. not much to uh, not much to glean from looking at it. Interesting. Um, Fez, this one's from RJ. Um, where does I'm Cook? I'm guessing I mean Dalvin Cook, who got released this week by the Jets. Um, probably a decent spot. He lands on one of the playoff teams, KC San Francisco. Kind of a specific question, but any opinions there? My goodness, um, why would KC or San Francisco? Well, may, Kansas City would make a ton of sense because Kansas they, City would make sense. Although I, mean, I would but, say, but, 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 Edwards Alaire and and Pacheco. But, but yeah, but wait solid. a minute, he's suddenly their third string running back. So I, I was thinking, you know, Kansas City needs a wide receiver, all right? Yeah. And and Dalvin Cook's a running back, so no, it doesn't make sense. Why would San Fran mess up the chemistry? They're good yeah. at running back, so I agree. Um, I, uh, I I I don't see a fit there. And Dalvin Cook is washed. I mean. He's, yeah. I mean, running he was backs washed going into the year. That's why the Vikings released him. Brilliant. <laughs> his, yeah. his longest run of the year was 13 yards. So if you need to load up on him, uh, uh, go for it. He's a name. And I think, unfortunately, these names get viewed upon in higher regard. But I remember when the Jets signed him and my friends were like, oh, Dalvin Cook. And I'm like, his rush yards over expected last year were like negative. I, I'm not very excited. I'm much more excited about the rookie of Benaconda who showed some really nice flashes. And that's why the Jets released Dalvin Cook um, this week. Uh, Crow Jr. Harrelson, question for all three of us. Who's our underdog of the week? Well, I, I think Crow Jr., if you go back and look at um, some of the picks, you can um, sort of glean that. I, I would say Ravens or Giants. Guys, what do you think? Maybe Cardinals, Fez, for you? Yeah, Giants are going to win outright. There's the underdog yeah. that's going to win. The Bears. Yeah. The Bears. The Bears. Yeah, I like that spot, too. I was looking back at my card this week. I have five picks. Four of them are dogs. So go ahead, Crow Jr. Take your pick of any of my four. Um, I don't bet underdogs unless I feel comfortable that they can win the game outright. So there you go. Um, Russell Saylor, over-under on number of Week 18 starting quarterbacks that will play in the USFL, XFL next year. Russell, I appreciate your sense of humor, pal. Guys, any uh, opinion on this one? Well, they're all going to become backup like yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL. They're not going to fall all the way to the the XFL. So I will. Yeah, right. I, I well, will they're the same league now. They zero. Merge. Zero. Zero. Chris, what do you think? Who knows? I agree. Um, Crow Jr., this is a, a question specifically for me, but frankly, I think the other guys would be more um, interested and probably have some good insight here. Um, do the Rams have something to play for against the 49ers? I, I think they do because Shanahan has just owned McVay. And again, these guys are hearing about it from the media all week long. Oh, you've lost 9 of 10 to Shanahan and the Niners. Are you excited for this game? Right? Like, to me, that's motivation. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it from the wrong perspective. Anything to add here? 
Well, and the fact you they could move up from the seven to the six, right? I think, no, they need I to stay know. in the six. I have no idea what the playoff scenarios could be. I mean, who freaking knows? But I th- I think that is you like you've been little brother here and beat and beat up on. So you you would like to win. Um, you know, it's interesting how the markets. There's a prop out there. Will the Niners or Baltimore win the Super Bowl? And it's like price close to pick them versus the field. So it goes to show how valuable that number one seed is really is. Is that price correct? I've seen that at Circa here in town. Is that price correct? Pretty. I I I would bet the field, but it's pretty close. I think pretty the field close. should be a small favorite. Chris, that's a great. Actually, frankly, that's a better question than this one. Like, you, you, well, I'm still trying to figure out why the AFC is favored. I mean, the NFC is favored in the Super Bowl. It's only the Niners. The Niners. The Niners, the Niners are aren't in the Super one. Bowl, the NFC won't be favored, right? If Baltimore and San Francisco face each other, what do you think that line is? San Francisco minus, minus three. Three. Minus three. Mm, that sounds about right. It'll All be right, a good. Uh, It'll be a good revenge spot for the Niners. Every every like I I can I, I can just see the write up from every single good handicapper of like oh this loss to Baltimore sets them up in an outstanding position here you know um, not to mention the fact you know the the Super Bowls in Vegas I know it doesn't matter but it it will be a it, you know what I, I think back to when Seattle was in the Super Bowl and they had a monster home field against Denver um, yeah. the, the 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 Niners are going to have a monster home field versus Baltimore if, if when the Super Bowl is in, in Vegas. It's a great point that I didn't even think about if the Niners – that is another reason why you should absolutely take the NFC if it's less than a field goal. Um, this this might be the dumbest thing I ever say on this show, maybe not, based off of some of the comments I get sometimes, but there's a conspiracy theory about the logo of the Super Bowl being colored in a certain way, and it's predicted the last two Super Bowl contenders, uh, you know, teams that have made it. It's purple and red this year, guys. Again, conspiracy theory, not actionable. I'm just telling you what I read on the internet memes sometimes that make me laugh and chuckle as I go throughout my day. All right, final question here from Crow Jr. Harrelson. Um, This is for Chris. Can the Browns be a threat in the playoffs if they make it? I think I know your answer here, Chris, but I'm curious what you think. Oh, I I have to imagine the Baltimore Ravens aren't looking forward to running into them. The Browns certainly... I, I'm not a Cleveland fan in the least, but I respect that team. I mean, Stefanski's worked miracles uh, with what he's had to deal with. With the, I mean, Watson seems like that's news from three years ago. So they've been dealing with so much, uh, you know, so many obstacles throughout this season. That's a solid team. That's a solid team, well coached. And if you're not on top of your game, of course, Cleveland can trip you up. Mm. You, you know, all, all right, we're good. we're just going to have to disagree. Cleveland stinks. Um, I mean, they got a great team. Flacco, Flacco is like a below-average quarterback, and you hear everyone. No one wants to play Cleveland. Bullshit. Everyone wants to play Cleveland. Cleveland is like I've got them rated three and a half better than an average team. Um, my goodness, um, you know, Miami is better than Cleveland. Kansas City is significantly better than Cleveland. You don't want to play. You don't want to play against the Chiefs. You know, you want to play against the Browns, you'll be able to take care of business. Kansas City is not better than the Browns anymore. Oh my goodness, yes they are. It's no not even close. Way. No way. I think we're going to... I was actually, like, uh, thinking about... They're, they're, side, they're right next to each other. They're the same. They have God at quarterback. They do have God at quarterback. Although Flacco's as old as God, so who knows? Maybe he's, like, the second coming of God these days, right? No, I was actually thinking <laughs> about, like, ideal 
playoff matchups in the AFC. I don't think the NFC matchups are going to be that sexy, guys. I, I think it's the Niners or bust. I think the AFC offers a lot more intrigue. Um, Ravens, Bills, Lions. That's an awesome matchup right out of the gate. Everybody yeah, that, wants that, that's true. Everybody, but wants only because of the Stafford angle. I'm talking about like teams that can actually win the Super Bowl. Like I think in the AFC, all three of the wild card games. Those three, the like those teams are all live. I think the Bills and the Browns and and the Chiefs. Whereas in the NFC, I just I don't think any of the teams playing a wild card weekend can win it. But again, that's just my opinion. Um, Ravens, Bills, Browns, Chiefs, in my mind, are the two best playoff matchups. And I really want to see those matchups in the AFC. Um, I want to see Lamar Jackson uh, against Josh Allen. I really want to see that. And I want to see this Chiefs. Uh, I want to see Mahomes against the Browns defense. Like, those are matchups I really want to see transpire. Um, but we'll see what the playoff gods give us after this week. Great questions, guys. I appreciate it. Um, the chat has been popping off in this, um, in this hour plus we've been doing this show. And, and, and obviously, we couldn't do it without all of you. But it's now time to reveal which one of us has the golden ticket. Everyone's favorite time of the show. The golden ticket. My money's on Chris this week. He hasn't won it in a while. I won it two weeks ago. Bez. You always get mad. Wow, Fez, how many times have you won it this year? This I got connected. Just like the NFL, it's rigged. I want to ride. I want to ride in the truck. I do. <laughs> I want to ride. In the Wait, truck. did he check? Did he check in and make himself eligible for this? He we probably need, we need to go did. to that that crew again. <laughs> he probably did. Um, all right, so everyone who um, <laughs> Casey Cowan really wants to book my Austin Eckler props this week. I guess you're a super Chargers fan. You really know. Hey, how about this, Casey? Um, DM me on social media. When the numbers become available, we can work something out. We can see what the number is. But there's no numbers right now, so we're all just kind of speculating. But I think you um, should I like bet him a veal forth. chop. Get the veal yeah, yeah, chop. Yeah. Veal chop at Allegro, Casey, that Eckler has a good game. But we'll see what the numbers get posted um, Chris, I'm sure in the chat you'll be popping back in to uh, update some things as the numbers move along. Do you want to uh, comment on that before we say farewell here? Oh, no, I, I don't have anything to update. I'm, I'm all good. Have they oh, smashed wow. the like button? Yes. Got to smash you, the like button if you like what you've heard. Yes. And I'll be honest, we have been consistently over the 300 mark with our live viewers today, uh, which is great. But we only have 81 likes. That math doesn't add up. So I want to see that number much closer to 300, which is where our live viewership has been for most of the show. So um, as we do that, let's um, tell you which one of you is the winner of the Tough Truck giveaway. Michael Booz. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name. Um, how do you think we pronounce that last name, guys? Boosh? Booz? What is that? B-O-O-S. I like I like Booz. Chris, how do we pronounce that last name there, bud? Booz? Uh, I didn't see it. B-O-O-S-Z. Boosh? As somebody Boosh. that has a difficult last name, I'm going I to remain silent. I would say both. Well, I bet one of those letters probably is silent in that last name as well. Um, all right, congrats, Michael. Of course, you've got to follow uh, BetUS on Twitter. You also have to be um, a, a subscriber to the YouTube channel. Oh, excuse me. You have to, be a, 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 you have, to have an account with BetUS and, and uh, follow the Twitter account, and then you can DM the Twitter account. You'll get your free entry into the Tough Truck Challenge. All right, let's uh, reveal, the big reveal, our picks for the week. Um, light card for me. Um, I, I kind of went contest-wise here. Five ATS picks. Uh, Chris uh, has, a, has a very thick and juicy card. He has the most plays. Um, but Fez not too far behind, actually. I think both of you guys are kind of leading the uh, leading the bread uh, here with uh, your plays. Yeah, Chris has one more pick than, than Steve. Um, all right, Fez, favorite child of the week? Any uh, idea here? 
Arizona plus three, and they're going to train wreck me on my Stone Cold Lock Arizona under four and a half season win bet that uh, would have won if not for the Eagles laying down last week. So Arizona plus three. Love it. Chris, favorite child? Oh, Houston. All right. Houston, Houston, that. Houston. Houston, we do not have a problem. Um, I got some questions this uh, in the chat about next week's show. Yes, we will be doing the show through the postseason. For my understanding, we will also be doing a show the week off um, of the Super Bowl. I don't know what the dynamic of that show will be, um, but we will have a show for you every week through the postseason up until the Super Bowl. And who knows? Maybe they even want to do a post-Super Bowl show based on how things roll. But I, I, I know we'll have you covered over the next six weeks as we get ready to start the postseason run. And I'm sure um, uh, these two gentlemen will be uh, strapped in, ready to go as uh, the second season starts. But um, for now, a lot more to get to uh, in week 18. Uh, parting shots, gentlemen. Steve Fezzik, uh, only available per game.com, my friend. Uh, what's, what, what's, what's on your mind as we say farewell this week? You know, I always want to remind all the listeners who've been with us all year long, you know this. Um, you know, the picks are ancillary. I have a whole bunch of picks this week, which is, you know, unusual. The process is what's critical and important as we go through. So these are guidelines. No one should go out and bet every one of these picks that I'm putting out. Do your own work and yeah. go ahead and bet on the stuff that you agree with what I'm playing and then and with all of our hosts, frankly. And so selectively play based upon our guidelines. I can't agree more. The The name of the game is to absorb information as much as you can and uh, um, just see what uh, see what you can retain and build upon for future use. Uh, that's, you know, the most important thing about valuable content is if you can just learn a couple of things, that's uh, that's what you want. Totally agree. And I dare you to find any more content uh, valuable, more valuable than this. As we say farewell, hopefully you absorb something during this show over the last 90 minutes. Steve Fezzik, Las Vegas Chris, I'm Jared Smith from all of us here on our BetUS NFL team. Farewell. Good luck in week 18. Good luck. Thanks for watching. We hope you like this video. Subscribe and ring the bell to keep up with all sports content. Don't forget to cover all our major sports. All can be found on BetUSTV.com. Best of luck with your picks.